Have you ever wished the radio guy would think like you and say things that actually make sense rather than softening his stance to be politically correct? Well then, Whiteley so. Gil Whiteley will give you the absolute truth. Hello and welcome back. Pioneers winning another ninth national championship. Unbelievably, uh, over the decades, they just continue to. And, and, and I, I think they've done it under four or five different coaches. Nine national championships. Uh, Aaron Anderson was lucky enough to be there covering it. And Aaron joins us this morning. Mr. Anderson, how are you, sir? I'm good, Gil. Still uh, trying to catch my breath from what was uh, an incredible national championship game, and uh, you know it was so the... fast. It, the, it was so fast. After the second period was over, I, I was I actually texted someone. It might have been you. I texted someone and said, when they finally got a goal, because I didn't think they were going to get a goal at all, and this team has never given up a fourth, a, a second quarter lead all all yeah. season long. Uh, when they finally got a golden tied it up, I texted someone and, uh, uh, I, I have five or six people I text during stuff and said, what's the overtime protocol? Because I was sure that was the last goal that was going to be scored and little yeah. did I know. Yeah, it was, uh, uh, it just seemed like, it seemed like, uh, Minnesota state played so hard. In the first two periods, they ran out of gas. They're a much bigger team than DU was, uh, mm-hmm. size-wise, and it just and all of a sudden it went from you know, DU being outskated for the first two, two, two periods to they at just the speed-wise they had it. They still were seemed like they were just had it had better shape, and they they took over the game and outskated them. I mean, they outquicked them. Yeah, I think what you saw was a, a, a team that, uh, I, I don't know if heavy's the right word, but he, boy, every check, every loose puck, you know, they were beating um, DU at both ends and also on special yeah. teams. And, and when that third period began, you know, my sense was, you know, this offense, the highest scoring team of the nation, just, you know, was stuck in the mud and couldn't get going. And I think what you saw was, you know, when they got the first goal, I believe it was Barrow that popped the net. Um, I think that really changed the way that uh, Minnesota State uh, played that game. And uh, when DU went on a power play soon after, we saw Mike Benning, a defenseman who was uh, later named most outstanding player of the tournament, you know, pop the net from the wing. And at that point, the Mavericks had to play DU's game. They had to play catch-up. You know, while they were in the lead, while, while this thing was scoreless or tied, they could still get away with that rock'em, sock'em hockey, but to try to play catch-up with a team that had the offensive firepower that the DU does, just it wasn't going to work. And, uh, you know, geez, DU had eight shots after two periods. They averaged, I think, 37. They had eight. <laughs> oh, I know. And they, they couldn't get up, a shot off. They, they couldn't, but they ended up with 12 shots in that third period. And I think what you saw, it's kind of like a pitcher maybe. It might be a good analogy that fools the, the, the lineup for maybe one or two passes. And then that third time around, you kind oh, of, sure. you, you that's a great it. analogy. 
And, you know, this DU team, offensively, they're just loaded for bear. And it, it was, it kind of was, as soon as they got the lead, it wasn't a matter of if, but when they were going to be scoring goals. They got two empty netters that really sealed it. But, you know, tip of the cap to, to Minnesota State for playing as well as they did for two periods. But eventually the, the talent and the speed that DU possesses uh, won out. Yeah, uh, it, it, it was, uh, I, I, they, they, they only got one in the first power play. They only got one shot off in that power play in the first period. Mm-hmm. One shot in a power play. And you're like, what? Uh, yeah. The, the kid that got the Minnesota State goal was was the Colorado kid who was five yeah. minutes away from signing with DU. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Yeah, but there's such great symmetry, isn't it? Where here you have a kid who, who kind of slipped through the cracks. Gosh, when I was in Raleigh, North Carolina, there was a young man by the name of Devontae Grant who played locally, who was deemed to be too small uh, for Duke, for North Carolina, for NC State, ends up going to a preparatory academy, ends up starring for Kansas and, and knocked uh, Duke out of the Elite Eight. This is back in 2018. So, Sometimes those kids will slip through the cracks that are, you know, right underneath your nose, and they come back to bite you. And it appeared, you know, with that 1-0 lead, it, it was one nothing for, you know, the bulk of that game. But it felt like there was a lot more uh, goals that had been scored because of the way that Minnesota State was dominating. But interesting, like you uh, alluded, to have a Colorado kid score against DU. And for a time, it looked like that might be the, the game winner. Uh, no, absolutely. I... I... I really was just, uh, I was like, oh, man. You know, they couldn't do anything for the first two periods. And then yeah. the fourth, and I, 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 I think that Minnesota just burned themselves out. They, they, were, they were playing, they were burning, burning at both ends of the candle. And DU just stayed right with what they were doing the whole time. And then all of a sudden, they were, they were the fastest team on the ice. Because they were yeah. getting beat to the puck. They were... They were losing every face-off. Mm-hmm. You know, the face-off, you know, you know, if you look at that game statistically, there's no way DU wins it. Yeah, I mean, and that's the great thing about sports, right, is, I mean, you, you can look at the box score and say, here's how things should have gone based on what I'm seeing from the, the you know, the yeah. stat line. But, you know, this, this was a game that, uh, you know, obviously was uh, a momentum. It was a roller coaster. And you had a team that dominated for – about 45 minutes, and then you had a team that dominated for 15. And within the context of that 15 minutes, there were five goals, which is an avalanche. And, you know, the, the way that that thing Oh, swung an it, avalanche reference. Very good. There you go. And, you know, the way it swung, I, truth be told, I in my head, I'd already written the, the DU's quest for, you know, a ninth national championship came up short. Um, I know that... <laughs> There were other people who just thought, man, this isn't meant to be, but credit to David Carl and those kids for hanging in there and to finally, you know, break, break through and, and, you know, pop the net as many times as they did. It was fun to watch, and, and I know that people here were as excited as the fans who made the trek to Boston. Well, it, uh, I'm sure it was exciting to be there. I was uh, jealous for you. Yeah, that's a fun environment. You know, I, I, in my career, selfishly, I've always wanted to cover a Final Four. I've been denied three times, with uh, one once with Arizona and twice with Duke that had teams seemingly that had it locked up and just couldn't close the deal. But, man, to cover a national championship game, you know, in that environment, you know, a sellout crowd, 
Um, you have a game that, that, you know, just turns on a dime with, with so much excitement and energy. It, you know, it was, it was a great experience and, and certainly fun to interact with David Carl and his kids after the fact, too. They, they earned it. Uh, it was, uh, well, I went to the Duke, uh, the Duke uh, UNLV, UNLV game that was here. Yeah. Uh, sure. Matter of fact, uh, there were four different bars that were designated the home bars for uh-huh. uh, for the for the uh, uh, final four and 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 we were one of the bars that was named and and that uh, and we were UN we were UNLV's uh, oh, wow. home bar. Oh okay. yeah, and uh, it was the best weekend I've ever had in sports. It was just unbelievable. You know, mm. they had the Saturday round, then Sunday we sure. had the we had a. Uh, a Dick Vitale sound-alike contest, okay? Got, people were doing impressions of Dick Vitale. Right. And every, there's nothing going on on Sunday and all these media are in town. I had 15 or 20 national type cameras, local cameras set up in my restaurant, set up mm. for this contest. And our lead, our lead judge was Dick Vitale. No <laughs> way! How cool! Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I mean, it was it was just crazy, uh, and wow. uh, uh, that was that was that was uh, those are big deals, you know. All the way the you know Reebok came in and and uh, and and wanted to put uh, sneakers, Reebok sneakers, on all my waitstaff and bartenders, mm-hmm. and I said, how about how about my busboys and cooks? And they go, yeah, no. I, and I said, I, and they knew we, I was one of the four bars. And I right. said, yeah. I said, yeah. No, I'll get a better offer because I'd like to have my cooks get them too. And they said, okay, we'll put them on your, we'll put them on your, <laughs> on your cooks too. I was a Good big hero. You. I was a big hero for that one. Yeah. And uh, they gave they gave different levels of Reeboks away, and I was the only one to get a pair of the original Reebok pumps. You know, the high mm. tops. Uh, so uh, that, I didn't turn those down and say, "Yeah, we got to put these on everybody." I, I bet I remember <laughs> the pumps. Good for you. Uh, but yeah, I, you know, now all of a sudden things have changed around, and uh, 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 I think that I think this ownership thing might be might be a done deal. You, uh, you're, you're alluding to the the Walton uh, bid yes, that's been reported. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, this guy, this Rob Walton is the most, he is the, he's the chairman of the board. He's been that forever. He's the richest of all the Waltons. Uh, mm-hmm. he, it'd be the second richest owner in the NFL. Wow. I don't, I don't think anybody can bid against him. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I gotta believe that, uh, you know, that the trust is going to go with, the highest bidder. I don't think they have the ability to, at that point, and correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, Gil, to say, you know... No, I think, um, no, I think you're 100% right. You know, I, we don't really like him. We're going to go with somebody else. I, I think that, you know, good grief. We, we know that the uh, Bolin kids are just hoping to, to count money and count it as soon as possible. So I would say if, well, if this guy has, you know, them. this guy has dropped a, a, a giant offer, which by all accounts is, what, $4.5 billion? Um, he's got to be in the lead at this point. Yeah, uh, and I, I don't know who. I just don't know who can bid against him. Um, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. At at that point, he, yeah. And the fact that he came out first 
he said, okay, all in. Uh, that might that might back off a bunch of groups. Yeah, no, I think you're right. He might have made that play. You know, I, I've I've bid at a lot of auctions in my day, and there's and there's different strategies you wanted to use sometimes to get that yeah. to get get to get it on your side uh, and to get right. the bid where where it might be. Uh, Stan Kroenke has turned out to be a great sports owner. Look at what he's done with the Avalanche. The Avalanche have been a big time contender for a long for several many years now. The Nuggets have completely turned it around and uh, uh, under him, and he just won a Super Bowl. So, well, you know, I, I don't know if I'm prepared to pat uh, Mr. Kroenke on the back based on what's going uh-oh. on with 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 Comcast. I mean, how how can you? In this day and age, how can you, especially when you have a player of uh, Nikola Jokic's ilk, how can you not put your product on TV? How can you not, after three years, come up with some sort of solution that would allow your fan base to support the team? I, I just, for me, it's just unconscionable, and I, I just, I don't understand it. So, yeah, well, I, you I know, guess I, I don't know where I'm at on this argument. Because it doesn't affect me like it affects most people, because because right when it happened at the at two years ago when it was going to happen, I went and got mm-hmm. Direct TV, and so I haven't missed every game like most of the fans have, and I have to right. tell you, Direct TV is ten years behind Comcast when, in technology. Uh, okay. The second this the second this Nuggets and Avalanche season ends. I am dumping DirecTV. I'm so so tired of it. <laughs> so uh, you know it's crazy, but I mean, but I so I haven't had to miss those games like everybody else has. So I'm not all I'm not all fired up about it like most people, and I should be. Right. Yeah, I I just I, I don't know I don't know what the solution is, but I, I what I can tell you is I just think it's disgusting that uh, you know Nuggets fans and Avalanche fans cannot watch their team on a nightly basis. Um, and, you know, if you look at the, whatever the, I, I saw a list of the, the, the it was the, the TV broadcast um, and, and who has the, 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 the biggest following the Nuggets, I think we're second from the bottom. And that's exactly why. So, yeah, I mean, I think you can applaud the fact that Stan Kroenke um, has won a Super Bowl. He's got a, an avalanche team that's poised to make a run at the cup got another team that has found some consistency and has, you know, repeatedly, um, you know, won its division. But at the end of the day, the fact that he's left his fans in the lurch, I think that, that speaks volumes for me. So does, does Rob Walton bother you that he might be that owner? I mean, these, these guys, they buy franchises like, sure. like, they, like they buy property. They're, I'm not so sure he's even, he's even a sports fan. We don't know much about him. I don't know if no. he gives a, a damn about football, or or he just knows that these franchises, with now the gambling's here, continue to appreciate at record levels. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know enough about him. I mean, you know, I think the hope that uh, we all have um, certainly is that there's an owner in place that uh, has the same kind of a a mantra that um, Pat Bowen did, which is I'm going to do everything I can to give my players, to give my, um, you know, management team the tools to compete and, and put Lombardi's in the trophy case. And, you know, that kind of remains to be seen. We've seen all sorts of owners, right? I mean, you've got guys who can't keep their hands to themselves, as in 
you know, Jerry Jones, uh, all the way to a guy like Robert Kraft, who seems to have, you know, uh, struck gold in the idea that he's put uh, Bill Belichick in place to uh, basically run the football operations, to coach the team, and to, uh, you know, collect titles. So, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not sure where he stands. I don't know enough about him, but it seems like we do have a clear-cut favorite at this point, and uh, we'll just have to wait and see exactly how this goes down. Aaron Anderson, Fox 31. Thanks so much. Appreciate it, Aaron. Great chatting with you, Gil. Have a good afternoon, will you? Always good stuff. Bye now.